everyone and welcome to the All Things ITSM Global Podcast. I'm Kirsty McGowan. I'm here today with Carlos Casanova. Hi, Carlos. Hey, Kirsty. How are you? I'm great. And Charlie Betts. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Kirsty. How are you doing? We're doing really well. Hi, Nicole. Um, Nicole Forsgren is our guest today. I was fortunate enough to meet up with Nicole in Australia last year at the ITSM event there and I've been dying to get her back on the podcast ever since after we had some really great conversations at, at that event. Great to have you here Nicole. Hi Kirsty. thanks for having me back. Welcome Nicole. Welcome. Hi everyone. Nicole. It's so great to have you on the podcast and uh, I just uh, wanted to say I was watching the video of you and Jez Humble presenting, I think you called it Sciencing the Crap Out of DevOps. And yes. I love the title, although I would have to say as a liberal arts major, I didn't know that to science was a verb until I saw that. <laughs> we can but, verb anything. Yeah, verbing, yeah, verbing is, uh, is uh, great for language, I think, as Calvin and Hobbes said once. So, uh, but levity aside, uh, you made some very important points in there, I think, about some of the assumptions that enterprise IT, IT in general, has used and I think you've been asking some very interesting questions and discovering some interesting evidence. And could you maybe summarize a little bit for us some of your messages and some of your findings that you covered in that discussion? Sure. So that was that was a talk that we gave at RSA, which was a lot of fun. So I gave it with Jess Humble, like you mentioned. Um, and that was a great crowd. You know, we gave it to the security crowd, which, you know, those of us in the tech scene, in DevOps, in um, ITSM, we we tend to think that the security crowd just isn't fun. They just don't like us. They just want to say no a lot. Not true. That was a great crowd. And they showed up, and they really wanted to understand better what it is that we do, which was a lot of fun. But you can learn a lot, and, and we have learned a lot, particularly about the data and when we take a look at what it is that we do from a systematic point of view. And one of those things is, you know, sometimes people take a look and they say, what can we learn about my environment? What can make things better? And let's start by looking at things in the big picture. So um, Jez and I talked about the state of DevOps studies. So we said science the crap out of the last three years of data. and you know, we started out by saying, who here thinks surveys are, you know, hands went up. <laughs> who here thinks their log data, you know, log data is amazing. Log data tells all truth. Hands went up. <laughs> who here has seen crap data in your log files? So many hands went up, right? Mm. All the hands. So we started out by talking about how to make your data a little bit better. So in your log data, we can talk about cleaning your data, scrubbing your data, trying to find a reasonable assurance to get some better data out of what, what it is you have, right? You're never going to have perfect data. Totally true. If you were working with survey data, we talked about the ways that we take a systematic look and a scientific look at um, making the state of DevOps data better. So that's actually designed as a, as a fully rigorous academic study. We have peer review out of that data. So that was like kind of the first half of the talk was sciencing some of that data, cleaning it so that we have a reasonable assurance that we know that something that we're getting out of that is 
consistent. Um, what have we found? Um, first of all, we, we defined IT performance as throughput and stability. We've actually found year over year that in general those two things move together. And that was really exciting. We don't tend to see trade-offs, which was awesome because for years we've always been told that you have to sacrifice one to get the other. We don't really see it. So the people who are at the top of the game, see they get both. They get throughput, they get speed, they also get reliability and stability. They get both of them together. The people who are just sucking it up and not doing well, they do poorly at both. So that was something else that we hear stories about it, right? I mean, you always hear about the unicorns like Flickr and Etsy and Netflix and Amazon. And everyone always says, that's nice. That's not me. I can't do that. Well, now we're seeing from 20,000 data points, 20,000 respondents, hundreds of companies, um, no, sorry, hundreds of countries, thousands of companies everywhere around the world. That pattern holds true. That's, that's amazing. You know, when we think about how ingrained that mental model is that change and stability are diametrically opposed, and to actually have evidence that that's not true, and it's going to take people a while to digest this. It's going to take a while for the implications, I think, to really work their way through the industry. Right. And so some of that really is a bit of a mindset change, right? You have to think about what that means. And sometimes it means visualizing it, right? And thinking about what it means. It's because we're, we're building things and we're making things in different ways. We aren't doing one deploy or two deploys per year anymore. Because that one deploy and two deploys, you're right. That is going to, if, if we did that giant deploy every single year, if we think about um, the dev team doing a giant deploy onto our ops team's Jenga tower, and we did that four times a day, you're right. That is going to be a trash fire. Multiple times a day, that would be awful. But when we are doing very, very small strategic deploys every single day and the ops teams know that it's coming and they know exactly where it fits in their amazing, fully structurally sound, no longer Jenga tower every single day, it's, it's fine and it's safe. And if something doesn't work, it's no longer this giant ball on this crazy Jenga tower. It's a small piece that fits exactly into a Jenga tower and if it doesn't quite fit, you pull it out, or you like emergency fix until it does, right? But it's something small. Mm. And so you can have both speed and stability because you're making this awesome like Lego tower and every piece fits. Mm -hmm. And so it's that small single piece flow through that pipeline all the time. Yeah, you just no, don't, Nicole, you don't want those organizations that are balancing on that one little Jenga piece at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so Nicole, one of the things that I've seen, and, and I mean, it seems to, and tell me if I'm uh, incorrect here, it seems like, you know, we, we don't tend to do as great of a job looking at the patterns and trends, you know, of what the data is telling us, rather than, you know, we seem to, or maybe those companies that aren't doing so well, they're reacting to the spike. So in your example of, you know, two, you know, two big releases or four big releases, that's all you have is, you know, big spikes. 
you know, if you carry that out over five or ten years, it may actually look similar to, you know, smaller, you know, more repetitive ones. Not repetitive, but more consistent ones. So is, is that sort of what's happening? I mean, is it more that we're also getting a little smarter in how to recognize what's really going on and we're looking more at the patterns and trends of what's going on rather than just reacting to, you know, some of the abnormal spikes? Well, it's a couple things. We didn't really have the data before. I mean, this is still, it's a relatively young movement, right? So it's been around since maybe 07. It's, it's been named since about 09. And, and the DevOps studies, you know, have been the first real rigorous study with, with um, good data collection. Um, there are a handful of other academic studies, but even those haven't been hitting since since maybe 2012, 2013, so this is still relatively young. Um, so understanding that data is, is helping um, and getting the word out is helping. Um, but beyond that, um, seeing those spikes is difficult. Now to your point though, if you're, if you're still only releasing four times a year and, and you see it over five years though, that trend still may be difficult for you because if you're only releasing four times a year, it's still going to be a really big chunk of code that you're going to be dumping on that ops team. And and if something isn't working in that big chunk of code, you don't necessarily know what that piece, which piece breaks, which piece yeah. isn't working. Um, and so it's going to be a little bit fragile. It's going to be difficult. And if you can speed that up, it, it's going to make things easier. It's going to make things better. Mm -hmm. um, that release process is is going to be um, less disruptive, although you know that transformation is difficult. You know, working um, I've been working quite a bit with um, Gene Kim and Jez Humble on a an assessment and a benchmarking tool that we're um, that we're offering right now to companies, and and a big piece of this is quite often continuous delivery. Um, you know, being able to do that on the dev side so that as you work closer into the ops team you have that and you can have that single piece flow and and having those CD capabilities and CI capabilities and continuous testing capabilities is really important but it's difficult and so having having the time the discipline to make that transition you know is is a worthwhile investment but it's it takes time to get there yeah, it sure does I think uh, when you've when you've worked in ops you certainly remember those those big dumps of of change a couple of times a year and they they're really scary times <laughs> it's uh, you You're know right. you know you it's are. coming and you do not look forward to it they are well and it's interesting because we've even looked through the data um, and one of the big findings that we had last year was that um, an improvement in continuous delivery and, and the pieces that make up continuous delivery, automated test, automated deployment, um, continuous integration, you know, all of those pieces um, make your IT performance better, the throughput and the stability. It also decreases deployment pain. It, it makes that process even feel better for everyone involved. Yep. It also makes um, your culture a little bit better. It also decreases burnout. Yep. Of people, yep. so so those those investments are worthwhile. So the technological capabilities are worth it. We did another analysis looking at the lean management piece of it. So um, limiting WIP, um, using visualizations to monitor you uh, or to visualize your work, um, monitoring your work to make business decisions. Right, not just for paging, wake you up in the middle of the night when something breaks. Mm -hmm. That also, in addition to 
making your IT performance better, it that also decreases deployment pain. So doing the things that like we know are good <laughs> also makes your deployments happier and better. You know, it, it decreases that fear and that pain and that like panic that yeah. that you know, Kirsty, you talked about because yeah, yeah, I certainly so relate to, relate to the panic. It's uh, yeah, it's when you know that someone's that they've been working all weekend to put in a new release and you're coming to work on the Monday and, and having to support it, it's you know that things are going to go crazy. So this the whole continuous incremental changes just makes perfect sense. I don't know why it wasn't done so much longer before it was. Mm -hmm. Well, I, yeah, I heard a cost... story. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I heard a story today about a, uh, a old school team and this uh, company just got acquired and the new manager is talking to the guy and he says, yeah, you know, we do these death march rollouts and the last time I was here for 72 hours straight and I went to the hospital twice. And he just said this in a very matter-of-fact way as it was reported to me. Uh, he had gotten dehydrated, he would fainted a couple times, he went to the hospital and I can't believe that he came back and had to go to the hospital a second time, but that's the story as I heard it. And certainly, you know, it doesn't surprise me that much given what we know about the death march practices is, you know, people try to get these large batches stabilized. Yeah, right. and, yeah no, I've and worked in organizations, yeah, I've worked in organizations where people have put, bought camp stretches to work when it's, it's rollout time. Well, yeah, and I mean, we're all guilty the, the, of that, right? Right. That's part of the culture. Yeah. It, it is part of the culture, and one of the things, I mean, I just came back from uh, Washington, D.C. at a conference, and one of the speakers, I can't recall who it was, was talking about, you know, the end game of this, you know, the impact on employees and resources, and, you know, those people end up leaving. You know, the good ones end up leaving, as we know. The bad ones that you would like to leave don't, <laughs> uh, and, and the replacement cost was, I think, if I recall correctly, somewhere between, depending on levels, between a quarter of a million dollars and one and a half million dollars to actually replace someone. Yeah. You know, and then you still have the loss of productivity and all sorts of different aspects. So it's not only, you know, are we abusing them while they're there, they become less efficient, less effective because they're kind of stressed out. And then eventually the good ones are going to leave anyway. So, you know, we have the cost of bringing new ones on board. And during that transition, it's just, I mean, it's just amazing how we don't, how we don't get it. And why we've gone so long, you know, just going down this road—it's—it's kind of crazy. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Hey, thanks, guys. This has been a, a great chat, and I think we're we're all in agreement that this whole continuous delivery model is—it's been a light at the end of the tunnel for a lot of people who've been uh, dreading those those massive rollouts and and the disruption that they cause. So. That's it's been a great conversation on that. So so thanks Nicole, thanks Charlie, and and thanks Carlos. It's uh, been a been a pleasure talking to you all. Great, thank thanks, you. Thanks, Kirsty. Thank you, everyone. Thank you.